Welcome to the Let's Talk International Education podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Benny, founder of Top Schools. We're here for you, whether you're a parent, grandparent, a teacher, as long as you're interested in education, you're in the right place. We work hard to bring relevant, up-to-date and possibly controversial information on all things related to education. In this first season, we've invited education leaders from around the world, as well as parents just like you and I. We're pleased you found us. Don't forget to subscribe. And here's today's episode. Good afternoon and welcome to this Head Talk with myself, Ruth Benny of Top Schools. And I'm delighted to be welcomed this afternoon by the entire senior leadership team of Nord Anglia International School, Hong Kong. Welcome to uh, Nick Rickford, Kenny Duncan, uh, Ruth Hansen and Ed Fielding. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. And to all of you watching this Facebook Live, please do ask your comments. We are genuinely live and the team is willing to respond to your questions. So please go ahead and type them in and ask anything. So may I start just by asking each of you to very briefly introduce yourself and your background in the school. Um, Shall we start with the head, Mr. Duncan? Yes, thank you. Uh, My name is Kenny Duncan and I am the school principal. Um, I joined the school in 2020, and this is my 37th year in education as a teacher um, and a school leader. I'm always a teacher first and a school leader second in my own thinking because I'm closest to the classroom whenever I possibly can be. So that's that's me, and I'll pass on now to Nick Whitford. Hello there. Welcome. My name's Nick Rickford. I'm the head of secondary here. I'm the first head of secondary at Nord Anglia International School, Hong Kong. I started here in 2019. And prior to that, I worked for the Nord Anglia Education Group in Shanghai. That was from 2015 to 2019. And I've been working internationally since 2013. And prior to that, working in the UK in a range of of roles. And I look forward to talking with you today. I'll hand over to uh, another Ruth, to Ruth Hansen. Hi, I'm Ruth Hansen. I'm our head of our preschool campus in Taitam, and next year I'll be with in the Saikung campus. I've been with Nord Anglia Hong Kong for four years. Prior to that, I was also in the Nord Anglia school in Shanghai. And prior to that, I was in London in a children's centre. So it's great to be with you this afternoon and looking forward to your questions and sharing some information about our school. And And finally... I'm uh, Edward Fielding, and I'm the head of primary here in our Lambton campus. I'm also the first head of primary, as we're a, a you know school that's been in Hong Kong for eight years, and I've been in in our primary school for seven of those years, so been integral to to many of the developments here within our primary. Uh, before working in North Anglia, I was working across schools in inner London. Back to you, Ruth. Thanks very much. So let's um, we'll keep this. We want to keep this interesting and relevant. So if you are watching and you have questions for any of the senior leadership team at Nord Anglia International School in Hong Kong, please go ahead and ask your questions. Um, so, um, Kenny, if I can come to you firstly, as the relatively new head of the school, what, what changes are you making? What changes have you already made? And uh, something that a question that was asked ahead of time. We are seeing that there's a number of you in the senior leadership team. How do you maintain that whole school feeling? And, and, and obviously, you're the, the, the head of the team. Yes, yeah, certainly. I'm, I'm, as other colleagues have said, you know, in terms of their role, I'm the second principal. So our founding principal opened the school in 2014. So the school's now been in existence for eight years. And as it has expanded and developed rapidly in that time. And one of the things that I, you know, I, I am most marked by is, is the kind of resilience and tenacity of the school and the whole school community, particularly over the last two years, while we've been trying to continue to, to focus on our core 
values, core principles, and our core business of working very closely with children, but doing that in a very, very different setting and a a very dynamic setting that that changes regularly. So it's it's kind of those kind of things are, are... the things that excite me most, because like, like all school leaders, we, we thrive on challenge. We enjoy those opportunities where we have problems to solve. But at the center of it always is the child and really focusing on ensuring that, that, that we smooth the path of learning for children, that they, we smooth their experience. And whenever we possibly can, that we make those, those children's experience within our schools as enjoyable, as exciting and as engaging as possible, but also providing that ongoing challenge. So the focus for, for us have been really in the way in which we develop. We've gone past that stage where we are a new school within Hong Kong. We're now an established school um, and we are looking to further establish ourselves. And some of the things that, that, that I've been able to bring in since I joined in 2020 was really that reflectiveness, that looking at where we are, what do we stand for? What are our values? What are our principles? What really drive us in terms of our, 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 the climate and the culture that we want within our school? And really selling that to parents, to children, and to the wider school community, but also to the Hong Kong community. And making sure that everyone understands why North Anglia International School is unique within the Hong Kong school and international school environment. So I think we're beginning, beginning to be able to do that. And we're coming of age now with the new secondary campus. And I know that now Nick Rickford, our head of secondary, will talk in a bit more detail about the head of secondary and, and how that is now embedding and, and settling down towards the end of its first year. Being a single school, um, although we have we are multi-campus, is always a challenge. It's always a challenge for any organization to get that thread going throughout the school that means that there's that consistency for the child. Wherever the child is in, in any of our campuses across the school, they have that sense of belonging. And, and belonging is it's such an important part of any school for any child or any parent or any member of staff. So making sure that that sense of belonging is really, really deeply embedded across our school is important. So that connectedness and that connectiveness that we have with students who are in different campuses, understanding the wider school community, being able to see them. And being at times online has made that easier over the last two years. So we can do things virtually. We can engage children across phases within different parts of the school um, together. But we also have that individuality. There has to be differences between our early years campuses and our early years provision our primary and our secondary. There are lots of similarities that give that stability and consistency to a child, those routines that children need within their daily lives. But there are also those things that excite them. Every child right now is really excited about the next phase of their journey, and particularly those children who are transitioning from early years into primary and from primary into secondary. We don't want them to experience exactly the same thing in a different building. We want those buildings to be different. We want them to be unique. We want them to be right for that children's stage of the, in, in their learning journey. And some of the challenges that we will find within those subjects, those topics, those experiences, those activities and tasks that they will have to do. And also the way that the teachers approach them will change over time. So I think that's how we manage to get the the difference, which is important, the similarities, and also tying that together into a single, really, really strong, holistic school community. Mm, Thank you, Kenny. We will come to each of the sections, and it's important, as you say, to highlight the differences, but also the the connectedness. I just want to challenge you for a moment, because we have parents watching, and you talk about the uniqueness of the school and delivering a clear vision and, and ethos. And could you encapsulate or, you know, what is that? What is that? 
difference, a point of difference or uniqueness? Yeah, absolutely. I think we very much focus on the individual. So we look very much at the individual's experience, the individual's needs. We are we take a lot of time over their care, but also the understanding the child and where their strengths and areas for development are. So our, our passion, I think, is around individual children, but also our passion is around our school community and making sure that children understand where they are in the world and what their role is within the school and the part that they can play within the wider world and within the school community and giving them ownership, making them ambitious for themselves. We talk about ambition very much. We talk about them being aspirational. We are highly aspirational for our learners, and we want to ensure that they are highly aspirational for themselves. Now, all schools do that. If any school leader would sit in front of a screen and say that they do something other than that, then I would question it. We all do. What makes us unique is the way in which we do that. It is the combination of our curriculum, our teaching staff and our support mechanisms that really wrap around the child and identify that child's individual needs and individual perspective, but also their individual strengths and interests. So I think that's where we are unique. If I get an opportunity, I'd like to explain a little bit more about our curriculum. And I know that other members of the leadership team will do that also. But that is where it really sits, is that our level of ambition for our children, but also that level of ownership that we want to provide to children so that they can actually begin to steer their own way and their own path through our curriculum and through the learning experiences that we provide. Mm. Okay, yes, we will definitely come back to unpack the curriculum a little bit more. So just since you've been in the school for almost two years... I'm coming up for two years. So what I know that you put in some really interesting plans for the future. Could you just talk us through those briefly? Yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously, things have changed. I mean, since I since I joined the school, some person would ask, you know, why I decide to move and, and take over a, an international school in Hong Kong in the middle of a pandemic. But that, that, that's another story. And that was one of those ongoing challenges that we all have. Um, at times and it's really exciting and it has been a fabulous journey that I've been on I can't believe how quickly the time has gone um, since I since I arrived almost two years ago and my big focus over the last two years has really been as I say on really embedding the school but also making sure that we expand in the right way that we don't just expand randomly that we there is a really a real strong strategy to what we are trying to do And one of those really strong strategies that that we needed to do was to expand our premises, to make sure that we had more custom-built premises, if you like, custom-built buildings, buildings that were really fit for purpose for the children at the different phases and different stages of their learning. And the key element of that was around our secondary campus and making sure that we had a really, really fabulous secondary offer, a really strong secondary campus that that matched our curriculum ambitions. And that's what we have. And we opened our new secondary campus in August of this year, based in Quintong. So really embedding that is what we're going to be doing over the next 12 months for the next academic year. We've now got a really clear, clearly organized and very strategic school that really supports children all the way through. We are really proud of the fact that we're a through-trained school and that, that we provide the very best experiences, the very best learning all the way through from beginning to end. And the parents don't need to keep looking around and trying to find another school or another destination for their children. They can remain within North Anglia all the way through. So really embedding that next year, we've now got a primary specific campus that used to be a through-trained school, really making sure that that is 
absolutely fit for purpose for our primary children and really excites and challenges them in their learning and doing the same for secondary. And then reflecting back on our early years provision to make sure that is as strong, as robust and is is just right for what we feel will deliver aspirations for those children going through. And when they join us at that age, making sure that each of those stages and each of those campuses really, really is fit for purpose. And we think we're really, really getting there now. We're really proud of the rapid progress we've made in developing our learning environments across every stage of the school in all areas. So that's one of the areas that we'll really be focusing in on. The other area that we want to be really focusing in is, is about innovation. You know, we, we don't stand still. We are very reflective and evaluative as an organization. We're part of a global international schools group, and we benefit from that enormously because we can get the very best teacher training. We can get the very, very best research and innovation. We actively trial things. We're innovative in how we use technology and actually being able to gain experience from other schools, the other 78 schools around the globe. We feed into that as a school ourselves, but we also receive really rich information from our neighboring brothers and sisters around the world within their schools. And then lastly, our children, how they are global learners. They're part of a global family. And what's their relationship with children around the world within the Nord Anglia group? For instance, we've got a junior MUN that we will be running very shortly where children are going to be involved from NACE HK, but also from other schools around the globe. So giving those children the opportunity to really work together within a school, but recognizing they're part of something bigger and their relationship with that larger global network of learners mm-hmm. is really important for us for, ne- for the next mm-hmm. 12 months. Okay, thank you very much. That's a great overview. So we want to, we're talking about all through education, the fact that North Anglia in Hong Kong, as in many other countries, children can start from three and graduate at the top end of secondary. And the secondary campus, I mean, we, we went there very early on in the development and it's just the icing on the cake. Um, so you have all of the different buildings for the specific age groups, which is amazing. So let's go through, we talked to the leaders of each of the sections and we'll go through chronologically. So my namesake Ruth, you head up the early years section at Nord Anglia International School in Hong Kong. Um, so with the little ones, I mean people might think, well does my does my little th- what does my little three-year-old or four-year-old what do they really learn in school? And so as an early years educator, what do you think are the important building blocks for an education at that young age? Great question. I think it's really important, like you say, children will always keep learning and growing wherever they are. They will always grow and learn and develop. And what we do in North Anglia, we create a wonderful environment to really nurture and really provide opportunities for children to really flourish. So they have huge opportunities to develop those perceptual and emotional skills, those skills that all of a sudden allow them to recognize themselves and their own strengths and areas that they want to develop and learn about. So it's creating an environment and making sure that there are relationships around those children, their teachers, their teaching and learning assistants, their peers that can really support them in their personal, social and emotional development. It's about creating an amazing environment that again values the voice of the child. When I walk into one of our preschools, I very much expect the young children very much owning the environment and deciding what they're going to do and where they're going to move and how they're going to play and what they're going to explore in. 
I think it's that beginning that we can give to children. Yes, they of course they will be safe and secure in their home with their parents. But all of a sudden, stepping into an environment where all of a sudden they're making huge choices for themselves, they're having to negotiate and collaborate, they're getting opportunities to really immerse in different types of play. That's what a great excellent early years education offers children wonderful care and wonderful opportunities to learn and grow with others. Mm. So Ruth, I want to ask you, we, we visit a lot of early years um, spaces in Hong Kong and we have, we are constrained often by the lack of space. And of course, you know, children at North Anglia are very fortunate because that is not a constraint. So your spaces are amazing. As an ed- early years educator, how important is the, the environment, the actual space in which they learn? Well, I was, we, we was giggling with Joanna actually before with some colleagues because we talk about the environment almost like a third teacher because it's that place where the child moves and chooses chooses where to be and who to interact with. So it is really important. Like you said, Ruth, we're really unfortunate. We have fortunate, sorry, we have beautiful learning environments. But it's also then once you have that beautiful learning environment, it's the culture and how you nurture children to move and be in those spaces. The right that you give the children to choose and to explore and to be independent in what they do. So it's very important to have a beautiful space, but then it's also really important to value children's sense of belonging and sense of ownership in that space. So for us, when you're looking at a morning or a a day with children being in the learning environment, you're providing them with opportunities, teacher-directed, child-directed movement, places that they collaborate and they come together, quiet corners where they can go and snuggle up with a book or with a puppet or with a toy. So the children can really have a chance to listen to their own body and their own desires and needs, and they can go where they need to be, as well as directed and supported by their educators. So for me, the learning environment is crucial. It's a place where I know for myself, I want to be in an environment that makes me feel relaxed and calm and energizes me. And I'm going to be in work, you know, for a long time. And I want children to also feel that they're walking into a space that they have a wonderful sense of belonging in. They really see themselves reflected in the environment and with their peers and with the relationships that they have. And they really have a sense of ownership of their time when they're in nursery. So that's really crucial to me. So it's creating that physical environment, but also really hand in hand with that is the culture and how you encourage children to live and move and and breathe in that in that environment that you've created if that makes Mm. sense no it absolutely does and I think it's worth mentioning at this point that you your early years foundation stage is the English national curriculum and and so it's it's very British actually I mean I've been down to the the different campuses many many times and you know it's been a long time since I was in kindergarten but maybe could you just explain how the Britishness of, of the curriculum, how it works in, in your school? I think you have right at the centre, the Early Years Foundation st- stage has four key principles. You have the unique child. So straight away, every child is recognised as individual and unique. So it's not a, a one fit for all. Every child is unique. And as an educator and a carer, you have to, first of all, approach every child as unique and special. And then it's about the enabling environment. So it is very much about creating a space where children really can initiate their own learning and play. And then you have relationships and making sure that there are really positive um, relationships between children and between teachers and children. And then, of course, you have the learning and development area. So it is really rigorous in a way as well. We really are looking to promote all those primary developments, how important it is that children have developed those communication and language skills, that they're also having lots of opportunities to develop those fine motor and gross motor skills, those simple things like core skills, core strength for them to sit up and attend or for them to develop those pre-writing skills and they're all those things very much about 
about themselves. But then the English National Curriculum, once they, those children gain that wonderful knowledge about themselves and their self-awareness and self-confidence, they then merge into kind of the more specific areas of developing literacy. You know, we have really strong and we're very ambitious for our young children to develop their pre-reading and pre-writing skills and our mathematics skills. So the mathematics and literacy is also central and then along with understanding the world and very much so the expressive as well. But it is a holistic development, you know, that that expression and creativity is really important and that awareness of the world around them. So that is a very British in the way, but it's, you know, it's been quite central. The British, you know, and often, you know, we have a very international setting. So we often have families coming to us from lots of different curriculums and different school systems. And sometimes they're scared about the British system. They think it's going to be too formal and we're going to be pushing their child to read too soon. But when they experience it, it's very different because it is very holistic. It is really fully supporting those early foundational skills of reading and writing, but it's really also nurturing the whole child and creativity and expression and knowledge and understanding of the whole world. So the whole so in that way, it's still very central that the child is very center at the, the curriculum is one area, if you understand the environment, the culture um, that you create in a what would normally traditionally be a British nursery is just as important as the learning and development and learning objectives that you would also promote and follow as well. Mm. It's interesting. I've not heard objections that, you know, the, uh, the English national curriculum might be too rigorous, but it is important to adapt that for the local, the local content. Well, yeah, I think because we do bring in, you know, we do encourage phonics and reading very early. You know, when children are ready, when children are showing a, a phonological awareness, we will support that as well as supporting the love of reading and the love of story, stories and that relationship with books. But at the soon as, as soon as children start to make sense and start to show that they can decode or start to show that they want to mark make that also we fully support that but it, I think it's from the international setting and where I used to work with lots of Scandinavian families as well and it was just the cautiousness of that around starting things too early but the question is actually you're just starting when the child is ready Right. Well, thank you, Ruth. We are racing ahead. We're running out of time. We're going to, so the children stay with you for two years and then they will move into the primary division. So can I come to Ed, Edward Fielding, head of primary? So just talk, tell us a little bit about what, you know, how you receive those children from the early years section and how they transition into the primary setting. So we have a, the benefit of being an all through school is that we get to work very closely with our early years colleagues. I think that transition, particularly at that early age, is a really, really crucial one to mean that they, they transfer confidently into a much, much bigger building. So we spend a huge amount of time with both of our campuses where we bring them over for, for multiple days in the, into, the, into the campus. We have taster lessons. We have treasure hunts around the building and we very carefully transition them across. Part of that transition as well is about the composition of classes. So we make sure that, you know, we, one of the things we pride ourselves on most in every section of the school is how well we know each of the individuals within us, within our, under our care. And that knowledge of the individual means that we can piece together the most successful groupings and the most diverse and most effective classes when they transfer into, into primary. We receive them from an excellent place, a really outstanding place from our early years. And we really take on that development from that point and develop them in every, in every sense, in the, in the widest possible, most holistic sense. You know, we, we develop our children from that point. So transition is hugely important for us at that end. And we're sandwiched between both ends of our, our school. So we also have 
an equally strong transition across the phases of primary and then out the other end into secondary. And, and that, that transition has become you know, even more important this year, but even more exciting for our primary students as they're gearing up this year for the very first transition into our big school which is a really, really exciting step for them and actually quite an important and significant moment for them as they transfer out of primary as you know, really well-rounded young adults. Thank you for that. And if you, you do welcome children from all sorts of different other kindergartens to join you into primary as well. So would that transition take, have a slightly different feel or take a different process? It would definitely, but we have an equally strong transition. So everyone that's starting in that early transition point, we have a very big focus on transition in those first couple of years. So for our year one students and our year two students. So nobody would really wouldn't feel out of place in as part of their transition in the beginning of the year. We spend, you know, several months making sure that they settle successfully into the building. And transition is an ongoing process for us within the daily routines of the classroom. Obviously, we have children joining us from all stages. We're a, a very busy international school. So we have families transitioning at all points through, through their school life. And I think that's one of the things that parents often worry about is, are they going to be a disadvantage to the children that have been here already? Or are they going to settle okay? And we have a special transition process for those people that are joining us You know, at those moments. We have a dedicated pastoral team, and they really track the transition of our children into the building that we, we allocate children buddies. We make sure that they are paired up with families so that the families are integrated successfully. So it's a really, really important part for us to make sure that they transition well. If children have transitioned from a schooling system where English isn't their main main language of instruction, then, then we'll, be, we'll be transitioning them in an English sense as well. There's a dedicated team of people who support that transition in, into becoming, you know, very quickly adapting to academic English. So we transition them in the, in the widest possible sense. And I think one of the things we're really proud of is how quickly our families tell us how happy and how confidently they've moved into school and how much they absolutely love coming to school. So, you know, it's a, it's a big part of what we do. It's an hugely important part of what we do and, and the beginning is is so important for everyone's school life regardless of what age it is those first few months in school really set the tone for, for moving forward mm, thank you and you were the whole of the primary and secondary were for quite a while at Lamtin together and now the secondary children have moved to their own dedicated campus in Quintong so for you left Lamtin with the primary students what changes have you seen um, since since the secondary kids moved out I think the, the, the kind of most marked change we have is, you know, we had a building with phenomenal specification with really amazing dedicated specialist facilities at a secondary level that we now have been able to repurpose for primary. So we have we have a hugely increased use of the specialist facilities such as science labs, the makerspace, the library sports facilities for our primary students. And that's really helped us raise the bar in terms of the, the kind of inspirational spaces that our, our primary students are able to um, are able to, to operate in. We've obviously adapting this building still for, for to, to make sure it has that real primary feel. And we've been able to use our, you know, collaborate with our students on that. So our primary um, people council, for instance, has been developing, you know, the play spaces in primary and they've been leading on an initiative to, to develop those play spaces for primary pupils. And they've, they've done so brilliantly. And, you know, we've had a real opportunity this year to develop our student leadership for our year five and six students. And that's been amazing. We've, we've twinned older, year, older classes with younger children. And that started with buddy reading. So they would go down and read with younger students. And that's really developed into to a wide-ranging you know, wide partnership where, where older classes are taking younger children you know, out for, for trips and, and supporting in other curriculum areas. And obviously, I mentioned earlier about the, the kind of 
The nice aspect to this is about the transition. The transition has become more significant for our oldest pupils, but they really do feel that they're stepping up into that big school as a young adult. It's important for us to maintain that one school feel. And that's, that's you know, what, what Kenny mentioned before. We have very, very good relationships across the campuses. We as a leadership team meet regularly. And we have teams that work across all three factions of the school to make sure that we do keep that one, one school feel. So we will make sure that we focus on retaining that. But certainly having a dedicated primary school has been a, of a huge benefit. Yeah, I'm sure. So thanks for that. We are going to come to the Nick. Nick Rickford, you're head of the secondary division. So moving up the school, how does the campus feel now without the primary children? Well, I mean, it's a very unique place. I mean, it was very sad to say goodbye to Lantin for many reasons. I mean, first of all, it's important to a one school, a through train school to understand where you've come from. And I think it was really great relationships between students in primary and secondary and, and equally uh, an understanding of, of staff between primary and secondary. It really helps to have those close connections. So if you're a maths teacher in year seven, understanding the curriculum and the skills that are required to get to the top of the primary age range. So those connections are really important and we've still retained those as we move into the secondary school of our own. But obviously it's a different environment now. The students have their own spaces and they are some phenomenal spaces. So when I think about, and every time I come into work, I think we're so lucky. It's a really vibrant environment. There's lots of creativity. And, and one thing is the students are incredibly respectful of one another and of the staff. It's a great place to learn. It's a great place to work. And just having that space provides us with new opportunities that we didn't have in Lamptin. So as I say, we've retained those great relationships between primary and secondary, but we've now got, as Kenny said earlier, space to expand and to drive some of those things that we, we couldn't do as much when we were at Lamptin. I'm happy to share with the viewers some of those things in a moment. Just sticking with transitions for a moment. So, you know, obviously secondary school or big school, it does start to become a little bit more serious. So how do you support the children and what are some of the common challenges that children experience when moving up to secondary well, Ed talked about this transition throughout the whole through train school. So we do a lot of work with our year sixes who are in the Lamtin campus. We do some work with them before and after Christmas, really sort of starting to sow the seeds of transition. So that can be about coming over and seeing some practitioners here, blowing things up, making things, etc. really getting a sense of what a secondary education can involve. And that often has a lot to do with our science and technology. Some of that is really at the core of what we do. So students come over and, and sample some of the things that we do here. It wasn't possible this year because of the closures for COVID, and yet we still put on lots of activities for those year six students to see what we do, to experience it, and to just to, to enjoy the energy that comes through a secondary curriculum. And you asked earlier about the situation of students who aren't able uh, or aren't part of the Lambton campus before students from, from local schools. We also make a real effort to ensure they understand what a secondary education is if they're transitioning into us, whether it's a year six to year seven or year seven to year eight, whatever it is. So we have a dedicated transition coordinator who ensures that those students are able to make those connections from the beginning. And also our admissions team are excellent at giving insights into what the curriculum is and what the pastoral care is. And there's always somebody from school, whether it's myself, someone in our academic team, our pastoral team here, to show people 
what it looks like to put their mind at rest if they're worried about that transition. So I think when you ask the question, what are some of those sort of teething issues? What are some of those problems? I think, yeah, there is a, a sense about what it is to move into, into big school. And those students that come from us in Lamtin, they've already got exposure to what we call our specialist teachers. So they have specialist education in art and drama and other areas. So actually that transition into us is about then expanding from several specialist teachers as well as their class teachers into a wide range of different teachers. So I think one of those first steps is getting used to just the diversity of the secondary experience. So moving from a small-ish number to a large number of different disciplines. So we have a lucky 13 number of subjects that students take when they move over. So that can be their first reservation. Parents also want to know about what kind of support they're going to be able to give to their children as well to help that transition across. And one of the things that I always say and my team say is it's about just developing that confidence at home to ask questions and not to be afraid to be inquisitive as you come into school. Because a lot of the content you're going to learn from scratch as you move into a secondary school, we're not expecting every student to have learned the same amount of things as they move from primary to secondary. But we want every student to feel the confidence to ask questions, to take risks, to, if they're not used to it, to become more collaborative with their peers. And that through that experience, they become more creative as a whole. So I think those are things. And then, of course, there are other things people are questioning about. Where do I keep my, my belongings? Do you have lockers? What are the toilets like? All of those kind of what some sound like mundane things, but actually really important. And some of those transition days that we put on throughout the year are all about looking at the myths that are behind transition, looking at the practicalities behind transition, as well as learning about what the curriculum will look like when they get here. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, you know, children getting lost. And, and we've put many, many children into Nord Anglia, all different stages at different odd year groups. And um, they, they settle much, much better than the parents expect. Normally, it's the parents that worry more. You Lastly, I, we have a few minutes. I do want to come to the curriculum because I know that you're a non-selective school and you've talked a lot about, you know, taking care of the individual. But, you know, I think, again, parents are, are concerned that their children are going to achieve the grades that they need to achieve. And now as you are a mature school and could you talk to us a little bit about really what the children are achieving at GCSE and um, diploma levels? Yeah I think one of the things that parents are always interested in is how does the school compare with other schools across Hong Kong or, or internationally? So just for clarity we do offer the IGCSE program which is an internationally recognized externally assessed program and we have over the last few years achieved 50% or around 50% A star to A. So that's 50% of all of the grades that students achieve are at the very highest level. Now, we're obviously pleased and very proud of that, but we're particularly proud because we're a non-selective school. But we're also happy about the students and very you know, fiercely proud of the students who maybe came in with expectations of getting a B grade and get an A grade, or those students that came in with expectations of getting a C grade and got a B grade. What we're interested in is doing everything we can within our power to help students exceed beyond their and their own parents' expectations. And that's something that we do particularly well. So while we can look at the, the broad or raw figures of 50% A star to A, it's the stories below that, which I think are the things that we're most pleased and proud of. 
And then when we move to the IB diploma, so that's for students aged 16 to 18, the IB diploma, we've had our first set of results last year, our current year 13s are sitting their IB diploma examinations as we speak. Our first cohort achieved over 36 points average, which is an incredible return in our first year, a fairly small number of, of students. But all of those students, every single one of them achieved beyond their expectations and the expectations set by externally benchmarked sort of targets. So again, the stories below the, the bald figures are the things that we're most proud of. And we expect to see that upward trend, that upward trajectory of success as we move through from year to year. It's, it's been a phenomenal first number of years for us at IGCSE and now at uh, IB Diploma. It's um, a real success story. Mm, I totally agree. Well, we have reached um, the end of our time. And so I'd like to thank all of the senior leadership team from Nord Anglia International School, um, Kenny Duncan, uh, Nick Rickford, Ruth Hansen, Edward Fielding. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for you who have watched this live. If you're watching this on Catch Up, you can still ask your questions in the comments and we will get to them. And if you're interested in finding out more about Nord Anglia, it's so, so, so important to visit the school. So I know that you're having some virtual tours this week and next week and we'll put the dates in the comments below because those dates will be keep renewing themselves as well so as parents i know that you're keen to welcome parents to the campus at any yeah. time so thank you for your time uh, this afternoon thank you to the panelists thank you to the audience this has been head talk with top schools and our guests today have been from nord anglia international school hong kong uh, thank you goodbye thank you very much ruth and all the thank top schools team thank you bye-bye Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the Hong Kong education system and parenting and education news and trends, check out our back catalogue, all available to download for free. You can also head over to our YouTube, Facebook or website for lots of free useful information for parents and educators. Links in the show notes. Until next time.